0: Welcome to To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Eric Trexler and Carolyn Ford to explore the latest in government cybersecurity news and trending topics. Now, let's get to the point. Welcome to To The Point Cybersecurity. I'm Carolyn Ford, and today we are picking up mid-conversation Right where we left off with our last episode, we're talking to Dave McDonald. He is with Navy Telecommunications, Information Technology, and Cyber Operations. And I have just asked him a question about bring your own device and what he thinks the future really holds. So we're picking up right after I asked that question, he's responding to it.
1: The rhetoric or the, I'll call it the the aspirational capabilities and requirements targets that you hear from our senior leadership from folks like Mr. Dana Deasy and from Mr. Aaron Weiss uh, up at the Don um, is that, uh, you know, we will not turn the clock back in terms of capability. Yeah. So So there's some folks working really, really hard right now trying to trying to design that, trying to figure out how we're going to govern it, trying to make sure that the programs and budgets are there. To deploy the right technologies on time, you know the endpoints are going to be tricky. I, I, I think where this takes us is to a CYOD, um, you know, where where I will uh, I will give up my personally owned you know three hundred fifty dollar HP laptop here, and uh, the Navy will issue me uh, some governed device that um, that is mine to take where I want, you know, connect to Wi-Fi where I want. Um, you know, it won't be a classic VPN. I think it's going to have to be a much more agile approach to to a VPN approach. We've got we've got mobile laptops now on NMCI with VPNs, and there's a whole bunch of things that don't work on them,
2: mm-hmm. right?
1: And I think all the services have their example of that. So, but that is
2: able- aligned. It's it's aligned with where the industry is going, and and I would even say, Dave, handing out a laptop. I mean, I, I, I've been in commercial industry now. Let's see, since I left the army. 96, probably 95. And I've always had a laptop. Yeah, I've always had a company phone or access to a phone. It's, it's just something you get issued. Almost like when I was in the army, I got a K-pod, I got a rifle, I, you know, I got all my gear. Um, you would think that that would not be a stretch and that would be easier to secure in some ways than the laptop or computer that everybody's using at home or even assuming people are going to have a home system i, right. I understand mobile devices phones maybe you re- limit the accessibility to something like that um but but you would think that they would be able to that we'll be able to figure it out
1: yeah and and you know uh, there's the ever the ever present issue of uh of cost right uh, you know and and I, I always say you know scale Scale is its own innovation problem, right? And yeah. scale is most certainly its own cost problem. You know, the 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 cost of um, sort of the uh, the occasionally recurring technology refresh for you know more than a million endpoints. You know, just for the Department of Navy, of some form or another. In addition to you know office office equipment uh, and and mobile sort of CYOD type equipment uh some some reasonable refresh rate right factored into your program and then the operations and sustainment license costs uh support costs patching having them integrated into some type of you know zero trust governance environment where they're reasonably monitored you know with sock type type sensors and analytics um, you know that that's as they say, bring money right i mean that there's there's a whole yeah. sustain enterprise sustainment cost that goes with that, so those are the kind of hard trades that that have to get made just because we can declare something feasible doesn't mean we can afford to do it so the real challenging times ahead um uh, I guess I put it this way it's in some ways it's a it's kind of a good problem to have you know years ago before before the the pandemic hit um
0: that was months.
1: That was only yeah, months ago. Yeah, you know, but, but I mean, for the, for the better part of 10 or 15 years, I mean, some, some of my professional history <clears throat> includes, includes some experience with, uh, with collaborative tools. You know, back in the 90s, like 1996, I was on a project team working for NSA and the NRO and a few others figuring out how to bring um, nascent collaboration capabilities into intelligence community networks. 1996 right? That was before Facebook and before LinkedIn and before Twitter and all, all that Instagram and so forth. Those were the days of AOL,
2: oh, AOL right. and CompuServe.
1: Exactly, right? So, so I've been a sort of impatient uh, so, sort of person saying, well, gosh, if, if we could do that back in 1996, yeah.
2: we'll figure it out.
1: Why is it taking us so long to get to a, a full-featured, you know, uh, IP collaboration services culture. Why, why did it take till 2020? Well, I'll tell you why. It, it took a global pandemic. So this well, is kind of a good. It's a good problem to have. It's it's accelerating. It's going to accelerate a necessary change for us, and we'll innovate our way through the governance and the design and the cost and the deployment and sustainment. We'll 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 figure that out. We're we're the world's greatest defense department. World's greatest intelligence community. Um, you know so as clouds have a silver lining, you know, one of the silver linings of global pandemic for us is we can get on with the future. Right.
2: Right. So So Dave, go ahead, Carol.
0: Well, in April, you talked about some of the programs that you were hoping would accelerate like Jedi to help with these problems. So I want to know, have any of those programs accelerated come to fruition, helped you out with this very problem?
1: I'm, I'm uh, sort of
0: I to, not allowed
1: to ask that? <laughs> well, my my lawyers advise me to keep keep quiet on Jedi. It's it's still they're in, coming. They're coming. It, it's still in it's still in Jedi land. And if if I'll, look, I'll put it this way, if if the honorable Dana Deasy is cautious about talking about Jedi, the um you know the the field rat Dave McDonald is going to be really cautious talking about Jedi. But we're all looking forward to Jedi and and things like it, right? And a, a ubiquitous pre-provisioned. Um, adaptable, agile, s- sort of compute capability st- space. Yeah, yeah. Capability I mean, space. So, capability space. So, so, so Dave. Yeah, that's Dave, huge, right, for I, I, our future.
2: I think this is mm-hmm. a difference, though. You're, you're in this massive multi-million person enterprise, right? Five million, give or take, in the, across the DOD. Things don't move quickly. Yeah. Right? You're, you're trying to procure cloud services. They will accelerate, but, but we've got the acquisition problems. We, we've got the who picks which technology. How do we interoperate technology-wise? If, if I needed to spin up Amazon for my team, I, I, I mean, I would just get it done, right? We use a pro card and, and, and get it done, put a PO through, it take a couple of weeks maybe, which I get frustrated with. Um, you know, I don't want to pick on Jedi or even spend time there, but it, it is a, you know, it's, it's, it's almost a, a monument, a placeholder, a representative sample. Of how long it takes us to bring technologies online in the DoD, and we've got to change that. I mean, it's just yeah. too long. It doesn't allow you, the operator, to do what you need to do. My opinion, not yours.
1: So, so Eric, let me um, let me offer you uh, let me offer you a, a, another another angle to look at this from because I, 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 I well I've I've lost track of how many articles, blog posts, you know, LinkedIn posts. Of, of people who, you know, opine that DOD acquisition is just broken, 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 right? And we need to, we need to get faster. We need to get ourselves out of the valley of death. We need, to, we need agile, fast acquisition. And how come OTA is, okay. you know, other transaction authority is still not fast enough, right? Right. But, but, but let me give you the, the there's a counterpoint here um, to this that is really important to, to, State, you know, keep a, keep a track on. And it's as simple as, you know, that, that great American idea of competition, that, that oh, really yeah. foundational, deeply rooted, you know, historically proven idea of competition, right. And weaved into competition is fairness and agility. And that there there are aspects of speed that, that can take place. There is innovation. There is uh, kind of the marketplace of ideas. Um, there is a participative economy, right? There's just these these rooted ideas in American competition. So, you know, I've heard people talk about, you know, the monolithic, unitary R and D and governance model of the Chinese, right? Well, China is a tyrannical, repressive autocratic Marxist, you know, anti-competitive society at their very heart, at their very root. And we don't want that. Right. We want Agreed. just the, op- we yeah. want just the opposite of that. So, so what's the, you know, what's the trade-off for, for a robust competitive American economy, competitive American.
2: Uh, well, in this uh, case it's speed, economy. right? It's, it's well, velocity.
1: That, that It's velocity. Right. So so i'll sort of i guess i'll I'll double down on on the idea that, that defense acquisition is not broken it's got some it's got some characteristics and attributes kind of kind of weaved into it by by its very nature of being competitive and and fair and and even deliberative when it comes to getting to the right answer now where i where i sort of where i sort of uh jump in with the with the acquisition reform conversation with the advocates for acquisition reform is there are certain kinds of acquisitions and research and development that you don't you don't have to take you know 20 systems engineers and put them in a tank for 12 months and sort of overcook requirements right using sort of a model-based systems engineering kind of construct or a dodav architecture construct it's that's really wasteful and expensive and time-consuming and also you know some parts of industry look upon that and say what are you guys doing right for the last 10 years we've had mature commercial technologies that you could pull off the shelf that would meet you know more than 80% of of your your postulated requirements and then we could iterate our way to the to the other 10 or 20% right so overcooking requirements is not what i'm talking about we need to we need to sort of get over that that bad habit yeah i'm with you but, but, but keeping, keeping robust processes in place for competition and for inclusivity and, um, you know, so, sort of a participative defense industrial economy, man, that's, to me, that's, uh, that's immutable stuff. You got to hang on to that. At I, all I, think we're in, I think we're in right. agreement. I just want well, to And have
0: we proven yeah. that we can do that, like in the last eight months? I mean, haven't we done some of that?
1: Yeah, I I, yeah. I think so. I, I, I'll give an example. It's something I'm very much involved in out here in the Pacific. Is um, is uh, you know look at look at the Defense Department's research and development investment path for uh, 5G, next G, right? So it's it's a great it's a great topic. You could have a whole session on 5G, next G, and what's what's the future of you know zero trust wireless? Um, the whole dialogue happening at the national level about. Uh, private versus public uh, wireless network infrastructures and so forth. So I'm involved in some of that. Some some of that out here. We we initiated uh, the, the Hawaii, the Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam 5G portfolio, and we're we're underway with R and E to get that going. That's a case. You, you watch how that unfolds, right? It's being undertaken through a series of OTAs right, both the National Spectrum Consortium and, and we're using the Navy's IWRP, the Information Warfare um, uh, rapid uh, prototyping program. Uh, and you're gonna see a very competitive, very participative process unfold across you know, probably a couple billion dollars of RDT and e investment over a five to 10 year window to accelerate exploration and adoption of, um, of secure wireless technologies. Hugely important for you know fixed infrastructure on our bases and stations, overseas sites, the ability to rapidly deploy and package up those kind of capabilities for forwarding operating bases, for uh, maneuvering platforms like aircraft carriers, what have you, integration of those kinds of capabilities with space, um, hugely important. Uh, you've been reading the articles about uh, joint all domain command and command control. There's a nexus. Uh, with 5g next g there that's really critical coming back to the original point of conversation though I, I think what you're what you're already seeing with the 5g participation by industry is it's a hugely interesting dynamic you know lucrative you know really open-ended competitive environment for anybody that's got something to bring to the table there whether it's a niche capability or the overarching you know sort of um, Mobile network operator type of you know the big AT and T Verizon T-Mobile you know the big players in, in telecommunications and, and wireless everybody's going to have the chance to play in something as interesting diverse and and integrated as 5G next G and, and the future of secure wireless um, so so that's an example now now and that's pretty quick yeah well yeah and and um, through OTAs and R and D money there's all kinds of things you can do pretty fast right. You don't have to get stuck in the RMF, you know, seven-step death march. You know, you can, you can, you can hit the easy button on, on some things. The question is, I said a few minutes ago, scale is its own innovation problem. Mm. How, how do you assure yourself in those experimental portfolios that each one doesn't slide, you know, ever so quietly into the valley of death? How do you, how do you, how do you sort of stimulate the process so when you really nail it, when you really have it figured out, you can scale? And you can operationalize and you can get the economies of scale and the operational benefits of scale uh, and, and then continue to, you know, sort of mature and support and, and sustain and refresh. That's that's its own wicked innovation problem. I don't, I don't want to downplay how hard it is to experiment, but almost anybody with a checkbook can experiment. Right. It takes some real wherewithal.
2: To go enterprise to, level,
1: to go enterprise and scale yeah. and sustain that really takes some leadership and some thought processes and some cultural change that that we haven't entirely figured out. The valley of death is one of my favorite subjects, if you can't tell. Uh, but this 5G thing is going to be really fascinating to follow over the next uh, three to five years. Is um, you know, at what point do we sort of say, yeah, this is this is a game changer, it's a force multiplier, let's get on with it let's start executing at scale. I'll tell you, the Chinese are already executing at scale, so.
0: Is 5G in place now with you guys, yeah.
1: uh, in, in, to a in certain some, degree? To, it's in, in some small experimental pockets. Okay, yeah. and, and that's what find... you're
0: saying, we might fall into the valley of death. I'm not familiar with the valley of
1: death. Oh, gosh, Carolyn, that's uh, you could, you could <laughs> That's a podcast on. in itself. That's a podcast <laughs> in itself, the valley of death, uh, right. So, no, Much has much has been written uh, uh, on on the Valley of Death, including uh, what was it? The um, Eric, you probably read. You're you're a, you're an inquisitive uh, uh, s- sort of uh, s- sort of DoD acquisition nerd like I am. The 809 panel report from a couple of years ago had a lot to say about the Valley of Death.
2: I, I can tell you, I have not read that, and I'm not <laughs> no. sure I'm going to. But
1: I'll let tip me write you the it link. Down. I'll tip you the please, link, Eric. It's, please it's, it's, do. I think it's a three or four part volume set. It's a, it's a solid 300, 400, 400 pages of light weekend uh, reading. Why would you oh, read it? that? Oh, it's fascinating stuff. <laughs> fascinating oh. stuff.
2: Okay, Dave, I want to, I want to take you back. <laughs> I want to go back to a young Dave nine months ago. Yeah. Pre COVID. Yeah. If you could talk to yourself and say, if there's one thing you could do right now, what would you say?
1: Out, out one, one
2: mistake you've made. One thing reflecting back. It doesn't have to be a mistake, but reflecting back over the last nine months or so, where we've yeah. where we've Go dealt with the March. pandemic, what's one thing you would say, Dave? You're going to hit a point in time, and I want you to do this.
1: Oh gosh! Um,
2: so it's only been nine months. This should be a not shouldn't be that hard. So
1: so one of the. One of the teams that I've I've got as part of our our, our overall uh, CIO group at NICTAMS is the knowledge management information management team IMKM team, and we um you, know, you you talk about you talk about staying humble and staying inquisitive right we had uh, for years we had talked ourselves into the idea that that our IMKM portfolio our team our services on SharePoint you know the way we undertook uh, user-centered design and some some DevOps type of application development was pretty world class, right? We we had talked ourselves okay. into thinking, man, we're we're one of the best in the Navy, right? We had benchmarks from IGs, we had you know people sort of pointing to our our portfolio, saying, man, you guys are really doing IMKM, and uh, it reminds you to to always be questioning your assumptions about about what you, your team, your organization yes. are really doing. Um, because, we, I, I'll be frank, I mean, we and I, you know, as 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 someone who's been there a long time, so I, was, I should have been there long enough to know better, right? But we had talked ourselves into thinking we were so good and, and, and so complete in our thinking that we were ready for anything and our value proposition was understood and so forth. Truth be told, um, there's a lot more that should have been done, could have been done. We perhaps should have put more pressure on the enterprise to allow us to do things uh, a little okay. more completely. So, you know, and it's, it goes beyond what we've already talked about, right? The whole teams and collaboration and some of the commodity service the services that that we we're going to grow to take take for granted here over time. It really gets to tailoring knowledge management and information management solutions to the mission and business logistics and support of your organization there's a lot more we could have done a lot more and that would have prepared the team
2: for the pandemic work from home absolutely distributed workforce everything much more
1: Uh, absolutely uh we 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 this goes back to earlier comments i made to to you folks about failure of imagination If, if you had told me three years ago that hey you know you're your SharePoint investment, we had made, spent money to upgrade to SharePoint 2013. We sort of virtualized it, uh, you know, to build some, some continuity of ops, you know, depth into, into the capability. But, but never in my wildest imagination would I, would I have thought, okay, I need to figure out how to, how to enable this for bring your own device or choose your own device. Mm. Or mm. there are certain, certain applications and workflows that are gonna, they're gonna be critical And exceedingly difficult in a virtualized, you know, teleworked, um, you know, crisis-oriented environment. And if we had started to think about that, those contingencies, we would have designed some different capabilities. We would have configured and governed our knowledge management enterprise differently. So, yeah, blind spots and failure of imagination for sure. Um, There's a bunch of things I probably would have done with, with our KMIM portfolio, you know, a year two three years ago if i would had any kind of a crystal ball on this kind of scenario yeah um,
2: 2020, 2020 it's great
1: yeah in hindsight. Right. in hindsight yeah um so so and and that, you know i am km if it's if it's dynamic and robust it's kind of it's kind of always on you're always adapting yeah. and redesigning workflow and you're always doing you're customer iterating. outreach you're iterating and one of one of my favorite development ideas before devops was cool uh, ucd was cool right user-centered design and Sort of the, the whole um, workflow modeling, uh, sort of ground up approach to iterative, iterative design and delivery of, of capabilities. So, our team is equipped to do those things. This wasn't a lack of capacity, it was a lack of imagination, right?
2: You know, I just read Bob Iger's book, The Ride of a Lifetime, I believe. And yeah. one of the comments that really stuck with me, Carolyn, was innovate or die. You know, he talks about his journey at ABC and Disney mm-hmm. from, you know, very junior role right out of college all the way up through CEO and innovator die. And it, it, it's a good reminder to always go back and look and say, OK, what, what more should we do? How do we change? How do we put ourselves out of business? How do we iterate? Right.
1: A lot of this gets at, at some, uh, I guess, leadership ideas. So I've always been a fan of, um, I think the author is uh, Lencioni, right? Uh, did, Lencioni did um, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Hmm. And then I think more recently the ideal team player uh, wherein um, the notion of uh, humble, hungry, and smart, you know, as ideal team player characteristics, humble, hungry, and smart. And when I, when I think of those characteristics, they, they are so foundational to this, to this um, leadership thinking and, and, and anticipatory kind of eliminating blind spots. Opening one's imagination, right? Humble is just o- always be thoughtful and guarded about what, what's going to come from the side or come from behind and going to surprise you. So that's that's humble. Uh, hungry is intellectually hungry, inquisitive, be fearless about asking those really difficult questions. Don't fall into a sense of uh, having achieved, right? You, you So humble and hungry are so key and then watching the guideposts right what are the clues what's the art of the possible so 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 i like that's that's a book i'd recommend to everybody and and we, we actually have incorporated into our um, our hiring criteria of um, nice you know this this looking for those attributes of humble hungry and smart um, humble
0: hungry and smart what's the name of the book again
1: yeah it's it's the idea is pulled from lencioni's um, the ideal team player
0: the ideal team player. Okay. You know what? We're going to have to end there, but what a great place to end. Right. I got a
1: new,
0: I got a new read.
1: Oh wow. uh, Okay.
0: And I'm going to, uh, offer to our listeners be the first one to share this episode and let me know that you shared it on LinkedIn and I will send you away another book. I'm going to send them their own copy of humble. Nope. Not humble, hungry, and smart. The The the
1: the the ideal ideal team player.
0: Team player. There we go. How to be humble, hungry, and smart. So thank you, Patrick
1: Patrick Lentziani, marvelous, uh, marvelous author. And also, Carolyn, I'm going to send you the link to the uh, 809 panel report. So that'll be. I'm sure
0: our listeners can't wait to read that.
2: (laughs) I know Carolyn's going to be all over that, Dave.
1: (laughs)
0: Does it have a wizard in it or a Jedi? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: there's a there's
1: (laughs) a cliff cliff notes executive summary in front of each of the volumes, but that's That's a no,
2: Carolyn. That's a no. So, so Dave, catch some more sunrises. You know, it's oh, a long, it's a long unknown distance marathon. So try to try to take care of yourself out there also
1: And the yeah, team. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, uh, Carolyn, great to see you. Eric, great to see you. I hope you're staying uh, staying healthy and happy and uh, knowing when to turn the machine off, right? Yeah. So yeah. don't don't fall into the presence prison. Good advice.
0: Absolutely. All right, thanks so much, Dave.
1: Okay, take care.
0: Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.